Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Here's a look at the notable weekend fixtures in the Premier League. Manchester United will travel to Fulham on Saturday. Everton take on Brighton. Manchester City versus Bournemouth. Newcastle versus Arsenal. That's going to be a fun one. Nottingham Forest will face Aston Villa and Luton Town host Liverpool at 11.30 a.m. on Sunday on USA. For more on the weekend in the Premier League, let's bring in our good friend Jeff Shreves. Hello, Jeff. Um, I believe you've got some, some news for us out of the Manchester United camp. There are reports that the club are about to put out a statement uh, supporting... Eric Ten Hag, what can you tell us? Is is that legitimate? What does it mean? What do you know? As usual, Susanna, with you, those are very good questions, and it's not exactly a clear answer. Um, it's being quoted today that at Manchester United last night put out an official statement, which, and I'll read it to you here, said, the reports claiming we're exploring alternatives to Eric Ten Hag as manager is categorically false. Now, as a very firm statement, but it wasn't an official club statement. It was a brief sent to a select number of media outlets and journalists. And I think what prompted it was, of course, their reports that the manager's position is under scrutiny, is under consideration. That's to be expected when results are bad. But I think what tipped Manchester United over the edge was the report in the Times said that they'd spoken to a senior source within the club as always, it cannot be named the source, but the Times stand by their story saying that Eric Ten Hag is considered to be on thin ice. And I strongly suspect that is what provoked that reaction from Manchester United. Now, I spoke to Manchester United this morning. They said, look, it's absolute nonsense. It is not being discussed in any shape or form anywhere, an alternative to Eric Ten Hag as the current manager. Now, that in itself is... If you're like, if you're a supporter, I'm not sure how you would take that if you're a Manchester United supporter, because if the results are poor, then surely you'd have to be thinking, okay, if we do have to make a change, then we ought to be thinking about other things. And at the same time, you can completely understand why the club couldn't afford or would not make that public at all, because it would completely undermine the coach. So in some ways, it clarifies things. In other ways, it potentially just deepens the intrigue and, if you like, the clear unsettling behaviours around the club at the moment. Jeff, it, it for me, it just seems how... This club was firing on all cylinders at the end of the Premier League season last year. There was no talk of Ten Hag and, and the uncertainty of Ten Hag or the uncertainty of, of player signings. But at the moment, who would, who would be responsible for sacking Ten Hag? And are we close to getting the voted dread of confidence in, in, for, for Ten Hag now? Well, um, we have seen this movie before, as you well know. There's a, there a cycle on repeat here. Think Reno, think Moyes, think Van Hal, think Solskjaer. This happens at Manchester United. To your point, why is this happening now? 
Well, £400 million spent by the current coach. And as they sit eighth in the Premier League right now, five wins, five losses, that's that's not good. They're, 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 sorry, you know, they're, they're, their form is just not good enough right now. They're, they're not in a good shape. Who would make the decision? Well, ordinarily in a club like Manchester United, of course, it's the owner, the Glazers. You've got the chief exec, Richard Arnold. You've got John Murta, who's the director of football. They would normally be the people who would make such a decision. But outside of that, of course, we have Sir Jim Ratcliffe and the Ineos group who are coming in. Now, they are taking a quarter of the club. It is led to be believed. But that hasn't been ratified as yet. And also, within the understanding is that Sir Jim, Gra- Sir Jim Ratcliffe's group will oversee football operations. So, of course, he would have a big say in who is the next Manchester United manager. So, given that his deal hasn't come through, can they afford to or could they make a decision without consulting him, even though the deal hasn't been done? Again, it's more more of a mess. Jeff, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, only because you've seen so many iterations of something like this in your time covering the Premier League. One, this has to be the biggest crisis for Manchester United since the beginning of the Premier League. I can't really think of another situation that had this many questions around it, especially with ownership and leadership. Uh, And second of all, who do you think rises to the occasion, if anyone? Is it a player on the pitch? Does Ten Hag regain control of this locker room and this this club and the players? Where do you think this falls out as far as on the pitch? I think, to be honest with you, the, the collective responsibility for the failures at Manchester United fall everywhere. They, they are in the boardroom, they're in the support, they're in the structure behind the team, and they're also very much in the forefront of the actual results themselves, which is down to the players and the coach. As you well know, ordinarily, when the team performs badly, the coach gets the blame and carries the can. No question the players could be doing better. Their performances, as we see, aren't good enough individually in terms of they're not scoring enough goals. They're getting dribbled past way too easily in midfield. Defence is leaking goals. But you have to then say, well, isn't that down to the coach to get the appropriate performance out of his players? Players have to take personal responsibility and collective responsibility. Scott, uh, Scott McTominay came out this week. And he said, we take responsibility as players. We have to turn this around. We have to support the manager. It's down to us, not him. The truth is, everybody has to accept their part in the poor showing so far. But as always in football, ultimately, if it's going badly, it's the manager who carries the can. Well, Jeff, they will be traveling to Craven Cottage this weekend to take on Fulham, which on paper looks like a, a, a winnable match for them. Uh, but considering everything that's been going on with this club, how, how do you expect them to show up on Saturday this weekend for this match? What do you expect to see from them on the field and how to respond to kind of all the outside noise that's been going on? I think, Susanna, it's going to be one of the most important team talks that Eric Ten Hag has given since he's been at Manchester United because his methods are being questioned. And what happens in scenarios like this? Little leaks come out of the dressing room. There are always anonymous quotes from sources, from media outlets speaking to players. There is apparently discontent within the dressing room. His hardline methods, both in training and his treatment of certain players, Jaden Sancho, Harry Maguire... So if you've got a disgruntled group of players, how much are they really to put themselves on the line for the manager? Now, publicly, of course, they say they're going to give their all. And most professional footballers will always do that. But it's that vital last percentage, if you like, where they really come together as a collective. They really need a result because there's three massive games coming up before the international break. They've got Fulham away, then they're away to Copenhagen in the Champions League, and they're at home to Luton. Now, going to Fulham right now, who are outside the top 10 in the Premier League, I think they're 15th Premier League position right now. Yes, you could say on paper that looks winnable, but Fulham are a good side. They, they've got a lot of spirit themselves, and Manchester United travel there with very little confidence and under massive scrutiny as well. So I think that would balance, if you like, the, the norm in terms of assessing this actual game. You've got, this is all about Manchester United. On Saturday, Fulham fans, I apologise to them, but whatever the result is, this is a Manchester United story.
All right, Jeff, let's uh, pivot a little bit. Let's go to a different <laughs> game here um, and talk about Newcastle and Arsenal. Um, how does Arsenal try to right the wrong after a loss midweek going now to Newcastle, which can be maybe one of the toughest places to play in the Premier League? Well, they've got a good record at Newcastle United, and Mikel Arteta said today, "How do we, you know, when he was asked, how do you approach this?" He said, "Well, there's two things. On the West Ham result, that's gone. You have to forget about that. There are things within the game that he didn't like. Uh, he accepted responsibility himself, perhaps the way he set the team up, and there were a number of changes in that as well." He said, "But that's gone. You have to focus on the next game." He said, and "The first thing is going to Newcastle United, knowing that we can win there. We have belief." Um, we've had good results there before. They've got a good record overall at St. James's Park. So they'll feel that the Carabao Cup is a very, very different competition to the Premier League itself. And in the Premier League, of course, Arsenal are unbeaten right now. And there's no update on Jesus either today as well, Gabriel Jesus. So I don't expect him to feature. But Eddie Nketiah is in good form. Hat-trick last time out against Sheffield United. So I think they'll be confident and I think they'll be able to, if you like, compartmentalise the midweek competition to the Premier League because it, it isn't as seen as, as important. There's, there's, there's no other way of putting it. It's not seen as important as the, the Premier League is itself to a lot of clubs, hence so many changes. Jeff, amazing intel as always. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you, folks. Always my pleasure. <laughs> All right, we are going to take another break. Lisa Carlin will be back with some more headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Here's a look at your weekend footy fix. This afternoon, we've got some Bundesliga action. Darmstadt versus Bochum at 3.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus, We also have Ligue 1 PSG versus Montpellier at 4 p.m. on BN Sports. On Saturday... Newcastle will take on Bournemouth at 1.30 p.m. That match on NBC. Their Klassiker will see Dortmund host Bayern Munich at 1.30 p.m. You can watch that match on ESPN+. And don't forget about those MLS Cup playoffs. Red Bulls versus Cincinnati. FC Dallas taking on Seattle. You can watch both of those matches on Apple TV+. And on Sunday, NWSL semifinal action. Portland taking on Gotham at 7 p.m. Followed up by San Diego Wave versus OL Reign at 9.30 p.m. You can watch both of those matches on CBS sports right now let's send it on over to lisa carlin for some more headlines lisa thank you so much Susanna. in mls news inter miami is reportedly closing in on their next superstar signing according to multiple reports former barcelona star luis suarez has agreed to sign with inter miami for the 2024 season with an option year after his contract with brazilian side guermio expires this winter Miami head coach Tata Martino confirmed his team's interest in Suarez in October, stating a deal could happen if Suarez were available on a free transfer. Miami also parted ways with Venezuelan striker Joseph Martinez last month. Messi is close to adding his good friend to Inter Miami, but he won't be adding any individual awards to his first season in MLS. That one went to Atlanta United striker Jordis Yakamakis, who was named MLS Newcomer of the Year yesterday, beating out Messi for this award. The Greek striker registered 17 goals, three assists in his first season in Atlanta after he arrived last winter from Scottish champions Celtic. He received 46% of the vote for the award. Messi finishing second, earning 27% of the vote, despite playing six league matches for Inter Miami. All right, Alexis, look at these voting totals. Um, the players, over 35.5% to Messi. Um, otherwise dominating is Georges Yakamakis. Were you surprised that the players went with Messi in this voting? 
yes and no. Uh, we, we, it kind of sparked a little bit of a conversation in the pre-production on whether players care about this vote as much or kind of just check off the names, the biggest names. You disagree. Yeah. But I think this vote would prove you wrong, to be honest with you. I think it's fun. I think it's fun to... Look, newcomer, it doesn't matter how many games you play. What impact did you have? Mm-hmm. If you're taking it for a whole, yes, Yakimaka, 17 goals in the league, had an incredible season, absolutely deserves this trophy. But if we're going to talk about impact, Messi got to get a shout. He had a massive impact. Which is on why league. he got the players' vote. Yeah. But do you think that's fair? It's Messi. Yeah. Yeah. He's Ballon d'Or winner. He's the best player in the world. A lot of fans would he's disagree. No, he's not Lucho um, Acosta. It, it, you, the, the, <laughs> Nico's not here. <laughs> He's, not, he's, he's on the also beach not a new <laughs> uh, But you also are going to think back to this year, and you're not going to think about Yakimakis. I'm sorry, you're not. Yeah. The no. only no, person you're really going to think point. about is Messi. A hundred percent. And so I understand that, especially from a player's perspective. Like, we have saw this in a lot of games. Like, players looking across the field and being like, <laughs> I'm playing against Messi. And like, the, 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 that's what they're going to remember. That's why it's their newcomer of the year. I totally understand that. I think the rightful person won when you talk about the footballing mm-hmm. aspect. But I, the only thing I'm going to remember about this year is this is the year it, that Messi came to MLS. This is going to be a note we're going to say. Remember the year Yakimakis beat Messi for Newcomer? <laughs> no, but it's literally just time. That, yeah. That's the only reason why Yakimakis won it. Because he only Messi. had six matches in MLS? Yeah. yeah. That's literally going to be a Trivial Pursuit question. 100%. Right? You are going to crush Story. that bar trivia that day. Yeah, guys, you have no <laughs> you idea. I'm destroy. so good at trivia. Uh, but I, I have also, so much I want to also, <laughs> also give credit to Edward Leuven because mm. he oh, was he phenomenal mm-hmm. this season for St. Louis. And uh, just finishing third and Messi and Yakomakis, I mean, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's the rightful winner because he did it throughout the whole season. But Leuven needs to step up. These playoffs mm-hmm. make me not look dumb, please. Friend of the show as well. Friend of the show. He needs you that morning him. footy bump. He needs to come talk to us, and then they'll win. Yeah. I wasn't on happens. the day that he... Oh, I was, though. Yeah. Yeah. Is it only you? <laughs> I wasn't here. I wasn't here. I wasn't I'm here. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, all right, we're going to take another break. Uh, Imbizo Zamane is going to join us when we return to chat some Copa Libertadores. Don't go anywhere. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back to Sarachi, serving it in. Oh, wow. Goal! And sometimes you need someone to spark things up. Keno, once again, Vuadi in the way. Keno has the chance. Beautiful ball for Keno. Copa Libertadores final between Boca Juniors and Fluminense, 4 p.m. Eastern on BN Sports. Nico Cantor is in Brazil Incredible. for this match. We are very, very excited for him. I'm a little nervous for him because I know that uh, Copa or Boca has his heart. So this mm-hmm. is going to be yeah. intense. Intense for him. But we are very lucky because we have another friend who can speak on this matchup, and that is Imbizo. Zamane, hello, Imbizo. What don't you What don't you do? You wear so many hats. We always We always chat with about African soccer with you, but you happen to live in Brazil and are very well versed in Brazilian soccer and Copa Libertadores. Um, so thank you for taking the time to join us. It's always great to see you. Thank you so much for having me. This one is going to be a big one. It's historic. Historic. Okay, so for the people that might not know about this competition, can you tell us what Copa Libertadores means to clubs in uh, South America? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's, uh, it, it is the Champions League of, of the continent, uh, but it, it 
tends to, to feel like it means so much more. Uh, I mean, we all love football. That's why we're in this game. But it, it always feels as though in South America, uh, they turn the heat up just a little bit more on that passion. And, and, and really, clubs live for this. Um, and, and it's, it's a huge event. It's, it, it will polarize the entirety of the continent, uh, even if you don't have a team who you support in the final. And we're absolutely, uh, we're exciting. We're rearing to go. Umbizo, Boca Juniors are seven-time winners of this competition. Nico's down there. No, no, this is the seventh. They want seven. This would be their seventh. Oh, they're, they're six time. They're about to try to make it seven. Nico's down there with his dad. They're partying. They're, they're excited. <laughs> Marcos Rojo took a red card in the last match. He's going to be missing. How important is that going to be in this game? I mean, I think it's critical uh, because uh, Boca definitely got to this final on the strength of their defense, not their attack. Um, they failed to win uh, outright the last couple of games uh, leading into to the final and actually won on penalties. Um, with some heroics, of course, from Sergio Romero, who saved a, a bunch of penalties. Uh, but yeah, th their foundation is their defense. Uh, their foundation is the psychological strength and fortitude that they have uh, as a unit. Um, certainly, this is a, a, a mark of Argentinian football in general. Uh, they call it in Brazil, uh, cachimba where uh, the gamesmanship and, and the way that they slow the game down, put pressure on the referee, and it's really uh, up to Fluminense to try to uh, overcome that, that challenge and continue their form and fashion and not succumb to Boca's psychological and historical superiority. And obviously, Marcus Rojo is a, is a large part of that. Uh, but I, I think uh, Boca will still back themselves to, to, to uh, lift the trophy if they can stay true to self. Um, I have two questions for you, Mbizo. One is... I don't think you're pulling for Boca, not necessarily sure, but you are wearing Fluminense's <laughs> rival's shirt right now on this show. Was that on purpose? Um, okay, look. I asked, permission. <laughs> I asked permission from some of my Fluminense uh, friends uh, and said to them, look, I'm supporting Fluminense in this final. Uh, however, two things. I don't have a Fluminense jersey, and I've always been uh, a, a big Flamengo fan. So I said, look, I'll, I'll support Brazil uh, in a very roundabout fashion, uh, and, and they said it's okay, so long as you're supporting Fluminense. That's fair. Fair. Okay. I, I accept your answer. But, you know, when you started with, like, look, I just got to get this out, yeah. I don't know. Uh, my second question is, look, Fluminense could win their first ever Copa Libertadores. They're home. The fans are obviously excited. Standing in their way, as Charlie mentioned, is Boca Juniors, one of the greatest clubs in all of world football, certainly on that continent. Edinson Cavani up top. Do you think he shows up in a big match like this? Uh, hasn't really shown up so far, so it's difficult to say. Uh, but of course, he's a top quality player, and we all know what he's capable of. Um, again, for me, uh, Boca got to this final on the strength of the defense, not of their attack. Uh, but with players like that lurking around the box, uh, again, anything can happen. I think Fluminense will feel that they play a superior brand of football. They will feel that if they can take control of the game and try to win it in regulation, that they have a, a fantastic chance. Uh, but they also uh, need to beware. Uh, they do have some hot-blooded players uh, like Filippo Melo who have a red card in them. And, and so, uh, again, they really cannot allow themselves to get sucked into Boca's game and, and try to really play their free-flowing football. Um, can Cavani show up? Absolutely. Um, can they win without him doing so? Absolutely. He showed up in the semifinal. I mean, he got the, the, mm -hmm. the big goal on, mm -hmm. on the road. So I give him credit for that. But three goals and 13 appearances is not, great. Is yeah. not, not enough for a player and of this quality. There's been a real streak for Brazilian clubs winning this. this would have, if Fluminense gets the win, that would be the fifth straight Brazilian club to win Copa Libertadores. Do you think that this Boca team specifically is the one that could potentially break that streak and take that trophy away from Brazil? That's what the Fluminense fans are worried about. Again, they, they will feel that they're superior in terms of football, but Boca Junior has a tradition in this competition. They know how to win. They know how to up, overcome obstacles in the game. They know how to withstand pressure. Uh, you know, Fluminense has some top players, uh, Marcelo, Ganso, uh, Filippo Melo. They, they have a lot of really talented players. Uh, German Gano, who he himself is Argentinian, has 12 goals in the competition. So they're, they're absolutely spectacular, but uh, Boca knows how to win. Argentinians know how to fight 
for titles. Uh, and they've proven so, uh, Boca Juniors, over the course of this knockout stages, uh, having gotten here without winning uh, outside of penalties. And, and I think that shows a mental fortitude and emotional and psychological strength uh, that, that uh, you know, Fluminense will find difficult to overcome. Well, you, you touched on it, Mbizo, penalties. If it does go to penalties, and I could see this game going to penalties because I think Boca Juniors is very comfortable defending, and they're going to have to defend yes. in numbers, especially with, without Rojo there. Do you see Boca winning in penalties if, if it does, and you see it playing out that way? I think uh, Fluminense, having lost before in a final 2008 to, to Quito from Ecuador uh, on penalties, I think they'll be anxious about that. Um, and, and again, uh, Boca has proven that in penalties, uh, they reign supreme. Uh, Sergio Romero has made, uh, I think, some seven uh, saves in penalties. Uh, and, and just in general, he's been spectacular. He's been in the form of his life. So I think that Fluminense will be uh, nervous about going to penalties. They want to win it in regulation. Uh, and Boca will be very, very comfortable uh, going the distance. Amazing stuff. And Bizo, it is such a pleasure to see you as always. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and putting on a different hat for us today. We really, <laughs> we're, we're grateful. <laughs> he does it all. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Call me anytime. <laughs> You're the best. You're the best. All right, guys, we are going to take another break. When we return, uh, we're going to chat some NWSL playoff action with the ladies of attacking third. Jordan Angeli, Lisa Carlin's going to step into the desk to be great. You don't want to miss it. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. A little bit of momentum going Earl Reigns' way into the box again. Headed down. Up and it's in an end. Good ball from Grenadina into Sheehan. Oh, and his match goal was and it's in. It's Weaver back for Spence. Right out of the field. The Thors lead. And she has settled it. Heading into the semifinals. Welcome back. This weekend, NWSL playoff action. The semifinal matches on Sunday. Portland will host Gotham FC at 7 p.m., followed up by San Diego taking on OL Reign at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch both of those matches on CBS Sports Network. And uh, to dive further into these semifinal matchups, look at us. Girl, girl gang. Power. It's a girl gang at the desk. I love it. Lisa, Carlin, Jordan, Anjali um, of Attacking Third, which you should watch every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Hello, ladies. Hi. Let's Hi. Do, let's chat some playoffs. Please. Okay. Should we start with uh, Portland? Yes. Okay. Because Portland is taking on Gotham FC. And you said it, Jordan, every time that these teams have played each other this season, they've been very tight. Mm -hmm affairs. So do you expect the same in this matchup in the semifinal? Yeah, I, th I think it is going to be a really tight game between these two because one, they both have a very aggressive pressing style mentality. So um, I think the key, especially for Portland, is at home after a really terrible loss on the last game of season, which was now over two weeks yeah. ago, they need to be good playing out of the back choose their moments when they do play out of Gotham's pressure because they will have some space then to, to run into, which Portland loves, but also be willing at times with their fans behind them and those Rose City Riveters can be loud to just release some of the pressure and say, mm -hmm. let's go in behind, let's counter press and put this Gotham team at our home on their heels a little bit. And that is going to be key for them. And with Gotham, their game plan is not going to change from when they played Portland twice throughout the regular season. Get the ball as far up the field as they can, really just bypass the midfield for Portland because they know they're not going to win those battles on the ground. So send the ball long 
long and high, win a, a throw-in or a 50-50 ball, and then squeeze Portland into their defensive end and force them to make those decisions of, are we going to pass out of the back? Are we going to look to go a bit more direct? And the front line for Gotham, they were excellent in their first playoff game against North Carolina in what they were able to do counter-pressing against the Courage and, and Lynn Williams really being the conductor for that and directing which side they're going to press to, how fast she's going to get there. And to, to come back and defend as much as she did is what led to Gotham's goals in those yeah. games. Well, Portland, they're the defending champs. Mm -hmm. um, so it feels like inevitably just because of that, they kind of have a, a target on, yeah. on their back. But Gotham, when you're in that kind of position, you've already taken down and see courage and kind of exceeded expectations in the same way we were talking earlier about a sporting Kansas City and their sort of mentality heading into the playoffs. It's almost like you have nothing no. to lose and everything to gain. You look at Gotham, this is a club that just never succeeded in the playoffs and they're able to get a shutout, two goals over North Carolina, and now they have to travel on the road to a Portland Thorn Stadium that is really tough to go in. You've got to go across country and they have to have that underdog mentality. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually what gave them as much momentum going into North Carolina as they had because their match before that, it was a scoreless draw against Kansas City on decision day that knocked them out of hosting in the playoffs and they were a little ticked off about that yeah. one. So then they go to Wake Med Park in North Carolina and they go to show out against North Carolina side. They have to keep that energy yeah. of being the underdog. I'll just say one thing, it's going to be hard to keep that energy yeah. because there's two MVP candidates on this uh, team for Portland and it's Sophia Smith who has been out and now back healthy and probably will start this game. Yep. Even though she missed a majority of yeah. the season, she's still the golden boot winner and she is relentless in her pursuit in the attacking third. But also Sam Coffey. She leads this team in assists for Portland Thorn. She's, she's a holding midfielder. She sits there. She can either dictate the game or Gotham can find a way to take her out. And I think it's not just mitigating balls going into her. It's also when Gotham is attacking, can they overload the spaces next to her and make her shuffle side to side, yeah. work harder defensively? Those are the spaces where I feel like Gotham has to be good in order to to get anything out of this game in Portland where they are so good at home. <laughs> So good. Um, and yeah, that uh, we talked with Sandra Herrera yesterday about kind of that extended break because of the international break falling mm -hmm. in the midst of these playoffs. And I feel like a player like Sophia Smith, who oh, has yeah. been injured, Oof, how that could benefit so And she got her, 45 her, right? with the U.S. So uh, even Becky Sauerbrunn, you look at another player coming back from injury who's slowly getting more and more minutes. Those two are going to be ready to go. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's do or die. At this Advantage point. for them, for sure. All right, let's uh, move it on over to the San Diego Wave, taking on the OL Reign. San Diego Wave, you said, Lisa, were kind I asked you, I was like, who's going to win this? Who's going to win this whole thing? And you were I, like, confidently. I think it's San Diego. And I said, are they the best team? You said, I think it's San Diego. <laughs> I, think, I think it's San Diego. <laughs> and you said, I don't know if they're the best team, but they're the team that is the hottest right now and mm -hmm. in the best form. OL Reign, though, have had a lot of success against San Diego. Yeah. So how, how do you see this one playing out? Throughout the matches that these two squads have played throughout the year, so all comps, four matches, San Diego has yet to beat OL Reign. They've only gotten one goal in on OL Reign as well. However, San Diego just won the shield. They are powered behind Casey Stoney, who has galvanized this group to be at the top of the standings and to make a run to the NWSL playoffs. They're hosting it this year. That gives you so much more to play for at the end of it. If you know that the final could be on your home turf at that mm -hmm. point. And then from tip to top for the San Diego side, they're good. And Kaylin Sheridan, she was just away with Canadian International. She didn't play too many minutes, so she's going to be healthy and ready to go. You look at Naomi Gurma across the back line as well. She didn't play two 90-minute games with the U.S. either, so she's got a little bit more energy coming into this one. Um, the San Diego side has their game plan down and what they're going to do. They're going to look to combine through Shaw forward up top and, and the, the little give-and-goes and the one-two combinations with Alex Morgan in front of her. And that play is really lethal against an Emily Sonic on it in the defensive midfield for O.L. Reign, who played a lot of minutes internationally. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say uh, this San Diego team has to be good tracking runners in the box, and Naomi Gurma and Abby Dahlkemper have to win those crosses because uh, this is a dominant O.L. Reign team if they can get the ball in crossing situations, and you have to be able to defend that. But I think San Diego at home, with the thought of playing the championship on their home turf, 
that's going to be a, a tough team to go up against. So. That's going to be fun. Sunday's going to be lit, y'all. <laughs> uh, Portland versus Gotham, 7 p.m. San Diego Wave taking on Oil Rain at 9.30 p.m. Again, you can watch those matches on CBS Sports. Great job, ladies. Thanks yeah. for having me That here. was awesome. Um, okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are previewing some other notable matches around Europe. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viori.com sports and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Welcome back. Some big matches around Europe on the docket this weekend. Uh, today, this afternoon, we've got PSG taking on Montpellier, 4 p.m. Eastern on BN Sports. Uh, Saturday, we've got uh, some Serie A action, Salernitana versus Napoli, 10 a.m. on the Galazzo Network. Um, and Sunday, Real Madrid will take on Rayo Vallecano, 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Um, we also have a matchup in La Liga between Real Sociedad and Barcelona. Barcelona. Very, very good. I just very love it. Nico of you. Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> these are the teams sitting fourth and fifth in the table right now. Barcelona. Barcelona. Coming off that uh, a tough loss in El Clasico to Real Madrid. Charlie, why are you smiling? You've got like a little. I'm just thinking of Jude. Bellingham. <laughs> I know. I know. It just makes you smile. Yeah, he does. Every time I think about him. He's just the hero for Real for Real Madrid. Wick. Uh, but for, for Barcelona, obviously you want to get that taste out of your mouth following that, that loss. Um, how do you expect to see them come out in this one? Well, Gundogan talked about the fight and being angry and upset. He wants to see players throwing chairs in the locker room. And, and I just think <laughs> the passion to come out and fight, he, he doesn't want to see just, oh, we lost and everyone puts their head down. So I, I think the intensity is going to be through the roof mm -hmm. for Barcelona in this one. Do you, you think that's what they're missing? Were you surprised that it was Gundogan who came out and said that? I mean, this is he hasn't been with the club. No. He's a winner. That, he's not that, the captain. That long. But he's a winner. I know, but still. Uh, he just he's coming off a treble. I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised it was him. And also, I when I watched Barcelona for Champions League, I looked at that. And granted, it was a different team over the weekend. But this is a young Barcelona mm -hmm. squad. That Champions League squad, the average age was 23 years old. Average age. So this is a really young group who maybe hasn't learned those lessons about, no, if we lose a, a Clasico, this isn't just like next game. This is important. Mm -hmm. We need to have more fight, more um, desire in those moments. And I feel like that is exactly what you need to do as a leader. It doesn't matter if you're there for three months or 13 years. I think he knows his role in this squad is to lead them in those that direction. So I think this was his pin perfect timing from him and um, stepping up to being mm -hmm. a leader. I think we have that sound. Can we hear it? Let's, let's hear Ilke Gundogan. I have to be honest, not as much as I wish, because um, I don't want to say something wrong, to be honest, but uh, I was not in the dressing room, and um, of course, people are disappointed. But um, especially after such a game, such a big game, and such a result, you know, that is so unnecessary, I wish more frustration, more anger, you know, and more uh, disappointment. And um, this is a little bit the problem, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just, uh, there has to be more emotion, especially when you lose, you know, when you, you know you can perform better, you can do better in single and certain situations, and you just don't react, and this just transfers to the pitch at the end of the day, and um, we, need to, we need to make a huge step in that, otherwise, um, 
Real Madrid or even Girona is going to run away. And uh, <laughs> I didn't come here, you know, to to lose this type of games or to let the gap create, you know. And um, there's also a responsibility from myself, you know, from a more experienced player, uh, to not allow, you know, the squad to just uh, let things happen. No, we need resistance. I mean, tough, tough words. It, it, I think what strikes me is odd coming from Gundogan. I mean, obviously, Gundogan's a leader, a winner. We've seen him, we've seen him, again, win a treble. We've seen him take control of matches towards the end of seasons, show up in big moments. He's doing it again off the pitch here. But I think what this surprises me, one, I mentioned before, he's not the captain. I want to hear Xavi say something mm -hmm. similar to this. I want to hear why this is, where this is coming from, yeah. maybe what, what Xavi could do. Because you said it's a young team, but there's players from La Masia, they're from Barca. Yeah. Who would you expect to do it if, if it's one of the players? Ter Stegen, he's the captain. You know, that's another reason why I'm not a huge fan of having a goalkeeper yeah, being the captain. Yeah, I was going to say. But you're the captain. You're the one who should be speaking about this. Not someone, especially when he starts like, I've got to be honest, that means it's been boiling. That means it's been in his brain and no one else has said it. So fine, I'll be the one to step up and say it. I expect more from a team like Barcelona that has been riddled with leaders that have been willing to step up and take it. And this, this is the guy who does it first year here. I, the thing that, that struck me about those comments was when he said, I didn't come here for mm -hmm. this type of performance. I didn't come here for this kind of reaction. And literally coming off a treble-winning season mm -hmm. with Manchester City, if I'm one of his teammates in that locker room, I'm like, damn. Like, yeah, and I got to step up. It's like, more get powerful. on that level. It's yeah, more powerful. Absolutely. It would be more powerful than if the coach said it, if the goalkeeper said it. This guy is in the middle of the field conducting like, that's who I would want to say that to me. If, and I would take it to heart because I'm like, he, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He just won the Champions League. Yeah, so I, I... Enough said. Yeah, it's I not going to be Joao Felix. It's not going to be yeah. Rafinha or Gavi or Pedri. Mm -mm. Even Lewandowski at this point, who's coming back uh, from injuries, he's like still not, so we'll I, see. I think, in form. So the fire is lit. Yeah, I think Gundogan is the perfect person to, to come out and, and say it. And it doesn't, he doesn't come across like... In, in a bad way no. at all. No. It's genuine, no. it's, yeah. it's heartfelt. No, yeah. he's, a, he's a leader on that team for sure. All right, uh, let's transition to uh, some Premier League action. We have Luton Town hosting Liverpool <laughs> on Sunday. You love this match. Huh? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I've, I feel quite bad. We were very excited for Luton Town when they got promoted to the, the Premier League, but it has not been, it's not been an easy run for them. They, they have not won many games um, in You said <laughs> in bless the their League. hearts. Yeah. Bless their hearts. It is. It is definitely. It, they have one win, two draws, and seven losses in ten matches mm. in the Premier League. So it, ha it hasn't gone terribly well for them. Um, Liverpool, on the other hand, I think I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but it's sort of been like they've been quietly good. And I think because of how I don't and last year wasn't even that poor. They just had a horrendous start to the season. And then the end of the season last year, they they kind of got it together. But the expectations didn't seem to be very high for Liverpool. And yet they're they're playing really well. Uh, they only have one loss on the season, and that shouldn't have been a loss. I'm just going to say it. That one against Tottenham. I'm still Agreed. salty. Still, still a little salty. But as a Liverpool supporter, it has been. It's almost been kind of refreshing to have them not have these massive expectations on them. So when they are succeeding and doing well, it's like I'm almost able to enjoy it. A, a little bit, a little bit more. But Is that I think a but, reflection of Jurgen Klopp. Would you say like, are you? happy with what he's been able to do with this yes. Liverpool side? Yeah, he seems he seems a little bit invigorated, reinvigorated with this the new signings and that new that revamped midfield which was the problem last year. And I think when you see guys like a like a Dominic Schobeschlei just having an immediate impact that way and you see the improvement in that midfield right away it, it's just they're they're playing with a with a different energy this season and i think that i think that they can compete for the title i think that there's going to be it's going to be really tight at the end of the season i think that they could win europa league and then they're back in champions league next season it just feels like this was a a, a little bit of a reset but i I don't know that if people expected them to kind of like for it to click as as quickly as it had well, there were season. questions about whether Klopp's 
sort of run had been over. Mm-hmm. And also, don't forget, at the end of the transfer window, there's a lot of drama, a lot of saga with whether Salah's going to go yes. instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So for, for, the, uh, for the attention to be swiped off of you that quickly and for you to quietly bubble to the point where Gravenberg, all your signings are, are starting to bubble a little bit and things are starting to go well, I feel like the attention's going to go very quickly back on Liverpool, especially as you advance in Europa. Mm-hmm. You kind of, I'm, I feel like they kind of are playing so well in champion in Premier League that they're now going to be expected to win Europa mm-hmm. League. And that pressure, European competition, it's going to go right back. You just got to finish top four, to be honest. Mm-hmm. To get back in Champions League, of yeah. course. But in Europa, I'm talking about they're going to be expected to win, win Europa. They're going to expect yeah. to win Europa for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. No, trophy. It would be, it would be wonderful to get a, a trophy this season, as a set as a Liverpool supporter. Also, Virgil Thanks van Dijk kind of feels like he's back a little bit. Virg is back. Virg is, Virg is kind of saucy again, yeah. which is great. <laughs> we're, here for the, we're here for that. Which is great. We are absolutely here for that. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Here's a look at your weekend footy fix. Later today, we've got Darmstadt taking on Bochum, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Las Palmas will face Atletico Madrid at 4 p.m. on ESPN+, Plus as well. And then on Saturday morning, we've got Newcastle versus Arsenal, 1.30 p.m. You can watch that match on NBC. And uh, MLS Cup playoffs continue. Red Bulls versus Cincinnati. FC Dallas taking on Seattle. Both of those matches on Apple TV+. And then on Sunday, do not forget the NWSL semifinals. Portland versus Gotham at 7 p.m. And the San Diego Way versus OL Reign at 9.30. Both of those matches on CBS Sports Network. All right, y'all. It is about that time. Footy wagers. Let's bring in the one and only Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, Halloween's over, my guy. No, it's not. I just actually want to show, well, it's never not Halloween over here at this house. I have so many costumes and stuff to wear. So, yes, in some ways, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. But I'm not going to agree with you. But I also just want to show some some. Uh, some love. I want, to, I want to unify the referees. Some love, some adoration to the referees. They have a very hard job, and nobody's ever in their corner. Somebody's always upset at the end of a game. And uh, you know what? Shout out Jimmy. to the referees. Especially Christina Uncle. She's the best. Yeah. She is the well, best. Yeah. Hey, the best. Jimmy, um, do you know you and I were the only ones to not hit our bets last weekend? Yeah, I don't remember that. I know. I have very selective memory. I, you know, I, as a as a defender, you just had to keep moving to the next play. So I'm ready for the next bet. <laughs> okay? Mistakes happen. I need to adopt well, it. Here we go. All right, Give so yourself a red card for your bet, dude. Oh, God. Here we go. Let's take a look at our standings. <laughs> look at it. Yeah, our look at wager it. standings. Um, I think we're all still in the green, hey. which is great. Me, barely. Eight bucks. I'm eight bucks in the green. Hey, still winning, we'll girl. Take we'll take it. it. We'll take green it. Green is green is green. Nico's doing quite well, though. Thank um, you. Yeah, he's he's all right. So we're in good shape. We're, we're all, gonna... listen. No, Suze, Suze, listen. We're all very close to each other. One week can really change this whole thing. You're so absolutely if right. You, if you hit your bets with, what, Liverpool and Dirk Classicer, I think you're going with? Yep. You could you could jump right back in top. You I know? could, I could. Um, okay, so should we should we get to our bets? What are what does yours look like? I hear you have a a pretty a, a very in depth parlay. Uh, in depth, I go. I heard about your guys' list. You're picking like 18 teams for your parlays. <laughs> Listen, I've got I've got two games that I'm going for. One is Kansas City, my former club, taking on St. Louis City. Now oh, I'm you're betting on that this game. City, oh my gosh, you are an I'm MLS sicko. No, listen. Listen, MLS is my drug, everybody, okay? Okay? And I'm okay with it. Susanna passed her addiction on to me, and I'm totally running with it. You guys are – all of you are cowards for not betting MLS, by the way, okay? This is where the action is. So I have St. Louis and Kansas City. Listen, St. Louis has to win this game to take it into – or to get a draw. But but there's going to be goals in this one. That's all that really matters because that's what I'm going with. Both teams to score. It's minus 185. Not that great, but I'm going to I'm gonna parlay it with something else. FC, FC Cincinnati is in New York. Okay, and if you want them to win straight up, that's plus 260, which is insane value. But I'm not going to touch that as much as I want to. Minus 120 for FC Cincinnati to win or draw. I am in love with that bet. That is wild. New York Red Bulls are the 20th best team at home. Worst team. They're terrible at home. They're not great. (laughs) FC Cincinnati. Okay, they are the the second best team in the whole league away from home. It just doesn't make sense. The bookies just are falling asleep here on MLS. So if I package those two together, I put down $50. I win 141 and I think that's going to hit. The last time I hit MLS, I got three games. Listen, 
It's good. Come join me over at MLS, everybody. Ooh. This is where the action is. Oh, wow. You are a brave, brave man. But yeah. I agree. Those are actually, those are, I don't hate those, shimmy. those picks Stop at all. It. The Jimmy Stop Shimmy. I know. I'm regretting You're everything. Closer. I am. I Come couldn't. on, sis. Come join us. I know. What? I know. You're I almost have to start celebrating did. days since you I last stopped bet on MLS. myself. Okay, so so my bet is um, I, I picked Liverpool to win against Luton, which is, you know, it's minus 400. But, but, but then I added, I looked at Dirk Klassiker, Dortmund uh, taking on Bayern. I said both teams will score in this match because they always, there's always a lot of goals yes, in these matches. True. So I said both teams will score and Harry Kane is going to be one of those goal scorers. He will score at some point in this match because I just feel like this is going to be his moment in a Dirk Klassiker. Harry Kane scoring in his mm-hmm. first Dirk Klassiker just seems sort of like inevitable. So um, that's at plus 105. So I'm putting 30 bucks down at plus 156 to win like 77 bucks. Okay. That's, that's all right. amazing. I love that. That's, I love that. It's yeah. a great bet. That, that's nice. Thanks, Jimmy. I'm, I'm going to go with yeah. th- a three-team parlay, but just straight-up games. Uh, Sevilla to win. They're playing at Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo only has one win on the season. Three draws, seven losses. I feel like Sevilla, this is a good the good bet. AC Milan to win at home against Udinese, who have not won the season. They have a big zero goose egg, uh, seven draws and three losses. And I'm going with Girona, who's second in Liga, to win at Osasuna. Um, so $50 to Woo! win $527. Wow. That, Whoa. Those are bold. Yeah. Those are bold. Get all three of those, Chuck. I'll be really proud of you if yeah. you hit that. Thank that, you. That, there's a there's a trap Ooh, game in there somewhere, you. but man. But uh, yeah, I'm like a proud dad over That's here. If you, hit <laughs> you love oh, a crazy so bet. Mine is I, I have I a similar bet to Charlie's. Okay. It's a three-team parlay, but you know my style. The the bigger the minus number, the happier I am to bet on it. <laughs> so I also went PSG to win at minus 400, Madrid to beat Rayo Vallecano at minus 350, and AC Milan to beat uh, Udinese at minus 210. Put that together though, and I bet 50 bucks. That puts me at plus 137. So that's $119 in my pocket. There you if go. I win all three. Okay. Like Slap listen, singles, listen. baby. All I'm going to say is that Raya Vaicano are unbeaten in their last eight games uh-huh. uh, when they take on Real Madrid. Now, Madrid are Madrid, so I get it. But I just wanted okay. to throw that out there because Vaicano have been You're playing saying pretty well. Maybe there's so a distraction Champions game. League. Yeah, minus 350, bro. Okay. All right, yeah, Jim, I mean, you've yeah, got Nico's. Like yeah, I'm like not going to be being me. I'm going to be, hi, I'm Nico. <gasps> okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> pretty good. That was good. Nico okay. voice. He does Elmo for Nailed all of it. you that don't that know. Really um, Newcastle and Arsenal, both teams to score at minus 145. Then he has Aston Villa to win at minus 120 and Real Betis to win minus 115. So he's putting 40 down at plus... That doesn't make sense. Those are all minuses. I don't know how to bet at plus 479, and he wins $232. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Good bet. Good. If, I don't know. If you were betting MLS, Suze, yeah. where would you go, though? I, Who do you I, want to win go the opposite? Yeah, exactly. It's whatever I think and then do the opposite of that. I don't know. I don't think I, – I, I, I think Dallas is going to have a tough time against Seattle. Okay. okay. Yeah. So congratulations, uh, Dallas. Dallas. Before we – <laughs> I just want to say that I'm really sad that Nico Nico didn't have some random turkey game in there. That yeah. just would have my, – my life doesn't feel complete unless I get some random Turkish game. So uh, I'm a just, little sad. Jimmy, quickly before we go, um, we saw that there was an auction going on that, that Jordan was at. And look at 600 bucks to have a training what session a, with Jimmy Conner. Wow. It's just what Jim Conner. Sign me up. What Do you get to see Jimmy? Jim. Jim. Yeah, Jim. Thank you for watching. James Paul Conrad. (laughs) Jim. (laughs) You love it. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.